Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? Um, I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you are staying safe. What an incredible couple of weeks we have seen. Um, I'm telling you, uh, just from my family to yours, my family has been praying for each and every one of you. And I can't let this opportunity pass without um, bringing in the word of God. I think right now in our world today, uh, stability comes in the name of Jesus. Uh, Stability comes in the word of God, the truths of what he says. Um, And sometimes we can get real, real crowded and really swayed by even watching the media or clicking through YouTube clips or um, bloggers or uh, news media sites. Our mind can get swayed. Our mind can get off track of truth. And um, so I want to share that with you this this whole week. I think um, we just really need to focus on the word of God and what God's word says during the COVID-19 or coronavirus epidemic. Um, there, there is hope, you guys. There is hope. Um, I, I want to just very personally share with you, we, we have been affected, as all of us have, in the last uh, couple of weeks. And uh, Satan, I think, is at all of us to steal our joy, to steal our hope. And he kind of attacks me most of the time in the middle of the night uh, because that's when my brain rests. I am a thinker, so I think 24-7. Sometimes my husband looks at me and he's like, Stop thinking so much because my thoughts will spur other thoughts, will spur other thoughts and they'll like rabbit trail. And uh, my mind is rarely inactive. It's always very active. Uh, But so I woke up in the middle of the night a couple of nights ago and was just overwhelmed with fears. It was almost like uh, it was like a cafeteria uh, of, of fears that I could pick up and put on my tray as I was passing through the buffet line. Um, you know, uh, well, have you thought of this? This is something to be scared about. Have you thought of this? This is something to be scared about. Have you thought of this is kind of how it was uh, when I woke up. And I woke up and most of the time when those things happen to me in, in the middle of the night, I will just proclaim the name of Jesus. And sometimes, you know, you're not really coherent once you, once you first wake up, I just repeat Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all over again. Cause I do feel, um, uh, like I'm under attack. And a couple of nights ago, um, as I was just speaking the name of Jesus, cause I knew he was there. I knew he knew I was, my mind was attacking me. My thoughts were attacking me. Um, very clearly in my spirit, I felt like he said, it will be well, it will be well, autumn, 
it is going to be okay. And I knew when the Lord spoke his word to me, isn't that beautiful? When the spirit of God speaks his very own word of life um, to your heart, I knew he was referencing this story in second Kings four. And I want to talk to you about this story in second Kings four today. Um, but this is going to be the thing. It will be well. It will be okay. We are going to come through this. We are going to uh, persevere. Um, we are going to get past this. It will be well. Um, if you if you have your uh, if you have your Bibles, I don't know if you will. You, you we're all quarantined at home, so um, you might not. Uh, I, I want you to grab them and I want you to go to second Kings four. Now um, I'm going to read a lot of, a lot about this woman. I've, I've done lots of shows on, on this particular passage of scripture, lots of times, but the Lord just illuminated something uh, different to me uh, a couple of nights ago, whenever he spoke this word over me and second Kings four, we see, I'll just read it four eight. Now there came a day when Elisha passed over to Shunem where there was a prominent woman. She was rich. She had a lot of money. She was well known. And she persuaded him, Elisha, to eat food. And so it was. As often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat food. She said to her husband, behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God passing by us continually. Please. Let us make a little walled upper chamber and let us set a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And it shall be when he comes to us that he can turn in there. So she goes to her husband. She sees the need, first of all, of the great prophet Elisha. Um, and she says, hey, we need to make this, this guy, this guy needs a place to rest. And we have the means to do that. So let's make him a bedroom. Uh, so he can come in and it'll feel like home. It'll be a regular place as he passes through. He knows he's going to have a place to stay, which is incredibly amazing and very, uh, hospitable. I love that. One day he came there, Elisha, and turned into the upper chamber and rested. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite, which is what we call this woman. She doesn't have a name. Her name is the Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. He said to Gehazi, his servant, say now to her, behold, you have been careful for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Would you be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the army? And she said, I live among my own people. I love this woman because when Elisha says, listen, what do you want me to do for you? I recognize that you've been pretty amazing to me. What do you want me to do for you? Her response is, uh, I'm good. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, I don't need, I don't need anything from you. I, I'm okay. She probably was used to taking care of herself and she's not very good at asking for help. But he persisted in verse 14, and he said, what then is to be done for her to his servant Gehazi? Gehazi answered, truly, she has no son, and her husband is old. 
this gave Elisha an idea. That's not in the text, but clearly it implies that. He said, call her. When he had called her, he stood in the doorway. Then he said to her, at this season next year, you will embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, oh man of God, don't lie to your maidservant. That woman conceived and bore a son at that season next year, as Elisha has said to her. So here we have um, a woman. She's this, this dream. And I've said this multiple times in times that I have talked about this particular passage that um, it was too deep for her even to ask for. It was uh, embedded, uh, such a desire in her was embedded so deeply that uh, she was probably scared to even voice it because what if Elisha said no? You know, sometimes we have those desires that they're so deep within us that we're, we don't even ask the Lord for them. We kind of persist in our normal life without asking for something that we desperately want. Maybe even we desperately need or we desperately desire just because we're scared that God might say no. I find this is probably the case in this woman's life. Either it was so deep and she had given up on it or it was so deep inside of her. She didn't ask for it because she didn't think she would give a positive answer. And yet Elisha answered through the power of God, her request. When the child was grown in second Kings four eighteen, the day came that he went out to his father, to the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. So clearly he had something happened to his head, this boy, this gift from God. Uh, and in the field, maybe, maybe it was an aneurysm. I, I don't know. Uh, but it was definitely something that was extremely severe because when they brought the boy in to his mother, verse 20 says this, when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon and then he died. She went up. This is the mom, the Shunammite woman. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband. Now, notice this. She didn't, she didn't alert everyone that he had died. It was a private thing just between um, the boy and his mother. She didn't go and she didn't tell everyone. Oh my goodness, she didn't start wailing. She didn't stop weeping, start weeping. She didn't start freaking out. She didn't start, you know, uh, coming up with all these conspiracy theories. She didn't start blaming God. She didn't start doing any of that. She simply took the boy up to the room. She went out to her husband, verse 22, and said, please send me one of your servants and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and return. When something tragic happens in our life or when something unexpected happens in our life, um, I want to be like this Shunammite woman. I want to be able, because I trust in God, more than I trust in the power of death, more than I trust in a threat, I want to have this posture that this Shunammite woman had where um, you don't see her reeling, becoming unhinged, freaking out. You see her calmly saying, I'm going to run to the man 
of God. That's during this pandemic that we find ourselves in. That should be every believer's posture. I'm going to run to the Lord. If I've fallen away, I'm going to come back. I'm going to get involved in these, uh, these, these promises of God that have been waiting for me for so long. I'm going to, I'm going to let them actually sink into my heart, sink into my mind, sink into my thought process, sink into the narrative that is, uh, that is in my, my, my mind right now. I'm going to run to the power source that is more powerful than what is against me. And that is exactly what she did. That I may run to the man of God and return. That's verse uh, 2 Kings 4.22. Her husband said, why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said this. It will be well. Her response, even to her husband, was complete confidence in Almighty God working through the great prophet Elisha. It will be well. Now that is quite a statement. When your son has just died in your lap and he is lying, waiting for burial in the upper chamber of your your house, that is quite a statement. When you have just got your dreams crushed, when your life has just imploded, when your life has just exploded, that is quite a statement. But this woman know all too well that she was not going to accept what her feelings probably were dictating to her. She was going to press in to the power source, Elisha, because God wanted to do something for her. It will be well. I've got a lot more to talk to you about, but I want that to sink into your mind, that one line. It will be well. Is it well right now? No, it's not great. Fear is tempting us. The fear of the unknown is overwhelming. But it will be well. It will be well. She goes on and saddles her donkey in verse 24. And he, she tells the servant, drive and go forward and do not slow down the pace for me unless I tell you. I love this tenacity. I love this fire in this woman. We are going to run as fast as we can to the prophet because he houses the power of the most high God. Do not slow down. Don't even, don't you, don't you do anything unless I tell you to do it. We are going to go as fast as we can, as fast as we can get there. We are going to get there um, no matter what. So when she came to the man, verse 25 of God, he was at Mount Carmel. Now. I want a rabbit trail here just for a second, because this is absolutely fascinating to me. She found Elisha, prophet Elisha, not to be confused with the prophet Elijah, 
he was at Mount Carmel. And if you remember the story, Elijah, who was uh, uh, Elisha's predecessor, called down fire from heaven at Mount Carmel. You can read it for yourself in 1 Kings, I believe it's 17. Let me look, let me make sure. Uh, it is, it's 1 Kings 17 and 18. Go read it for yourself. But here we have a different situation that needs the power, that, that fire from heaven power to come in and to resurrect this boy. And she finds Elisha at Mount Carmel where God had done the miraculous just before. She finds him there. And the man of God saw her at a distance and he said to his servant Gehazi, behold, there's the Shunammite woman. There she is. I wonder how she's doing. Verse 26, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Now we know very well it's not well. It's not well. Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? Elisha's saying, go, I want you to go and, um, and ask uh, uh, the Shunammite woman, is it well, is it well, is everything okay? Is everything okay? She says this, it is well. Moved with great peace the other night when the Lord spoke this over me. It will be well. And it is well, even though it doesn't seem like it is right now. It is well. When she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught hold of his feet and Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is troubled within her. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, and she let it all out, which I absolutely love this. Did I ask for a son, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me. This is where we can get 100% honest with the Lord. Did I ask for this? Did I ask for this son? You're the one who gave him to me. I didn't even ask you for it, but yet you gave it to me. And now all of a sudden this, 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 this dream is taken away from me. She did not blurt out all of her fears and frustrations to her husband, to her servant. She didn't even, I mean, she didn't talk to anybody. It doesn't say from the text, but once she got at the feet of the man of God, she let him know exactly how she was feeling exactly what was going on in her mind. She told him her frustration. She, she sort of unleashed it before him. And that I believe is the posture that God wants with all of us right now. Save your social media posts. Save the ones that say doomsday is coming. Save all of that to the world. Let's put on, let's put on the faith that the, the, let's take up the, the shield of faith. Let's show them that we trust God. Now to God, I want you to lay it all out before him. I want you to be 100% honest, but the world is watching.
watching right now how the church responds when we are under threat. And this woman gives us a great example of how God wants us to respond. He is the power source. Your social media friends, Facebook, Twitter, oh my gosh, I got on Twitter last night and it just made me mad. I wanted to delete the entire app. Your friends and followers have no power over this. We're, we're, we're posting things that are negatively toned, blaming people, calling people out, whatever it is. And it is perpetuating fear. When what you need to do is take all of those emotions, those fears, those frustrations, just like the Shunammite woman, straight to the power source, which would be God himself lay every single one of those fears and frustrations at his feet and ask him to work in your life. And that's what she did. Verse 29. Then Elisha said to Gehazi, gird up your loins. Take my staff in your hand and go your way. If you meet any man, do not salute him. If anyone salutes you, do not answer him and lay my staff on the lad's face. And this is, this is just a picture of when God is approached. Uh, now, this was a prophet and God spoke through prophets. But when, in the Old Testament, but when God was approached, he acted immediately. Now, did the boy receive anything from the lad for a while? No, there was a journey that needed to be taken. Gehazi had to get on his donkey or horse or whatever it was, and he had to go um, uh, or, or run. Even his own feet says, gird up your loins, so maybe he did run. Uh, he had to run. There was a journey that had to be taken in order for him to get to the boy. But as soon as the Shunammite woman entreated the help and asked for the help of uh, Elisha, it immediately put Elisha into action. He did not say, let's stay here and let's wait a little bit. He was immediate. He responded immediately. So the mother of the lad said, as the Lord lives and as you live yourself, I won't leave you talking to Elisha. And Elisha rose and followed her. Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the lad's face, but there was no sound and there was no response. Elisha came to meet him and told uh, uh, Gehazi, excuse me. So he returned, I just turned the page, to meet him and told him the lad is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, behold, the lad was dead and laid on his bed. Elisha worked immediately but it took time for him to get there. So he entered and shut the door both behind them and he prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands and stretched himself on him and the flesh of the child became warm. Then he returned and walked in the house once back and forth and went up and stretched him on the lad and the lad sneezed seven times and the lad opened his eyes. I just think it's so interesting that he, the lad sneezed seven times 
opened his eyes and the great prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel just a while before um, prayed to the Lord seven times and then they saw the cloud the size of a man saying there is something to that guys he called Gehazi and said call the Shunammite so he called her and when she came into him he said take up your son let me bring this home for you guys it will be well it will be well it will be well it will be well Right now is our opportunity, just like the Shunammite woman, to run to the great power source who is greater than death, hell, and the grave, the one who defeated all of them, just like she did. And when we're there in prayer, our job is to be honest, release our fears and frustrations and our thoughts, whatever it is, what are you worried about? Tell him, tell the Lord, be transparent before him. And then once we do that, our job is to sit back in faith saying it will be well, but our next responsibility is to expect God to come through. And that's where I'm at today. Expecting. I'm expecting him to come through. I'm expecting him. I love you guys. I hope this encourages you today. God is so much bigger. He's so much bigger. We'll see you next time on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.